The Author, written and read by T.J. Tooley, Part 1, Failure. Is an author truly an author if they do not write their stories? The author grew frustrated. Sitting at the old wooden desk for days and days without finding inspiration was enough to make anybody lose their mind. He had a gift for conceptualizing large-scale stories with immersive worlds and loved to write outlines for the character arcs, but he didn't believe he was as strong when it came to writing the narrative and the dialogue. The author's current problem was the many different ideas on the pages in front of him. He felt frozen in place, paralyzed by the options in which story to pursue. The author's goal when he first sat down was to write a fantasy epic. There would be knights in shining armor, a majestic castle, a beautiful, powerful princess, and maybe even a dragon. This story was going to be the author's big break. Everybody would know his name and the characters in his story. He would be the next household name, a world-renowned storyteller with a movie or television deal in the works. The author was fully immersed in his fantasy world. The characters and even the kingdom itself were as real to him as the desk and walls of his study. Unfortunately, the author hit a roadblock. Perhaps it was a lack of inspiration or focus for a few days, or perhaps the author felt that the story had been written before and was lacking originality. Regardless, all progress came to a screeching halt. After brainstorming ideas on how to save the story, the author became convinced that his mental block was insurpassable. In an effort to get unstuck and find inspiration again, the author started writing another story. A space opera of epic proportions began to take shape. There were spaceships, multiple alien species, a multitude of planets and civilizations, and, of course, a hero seeking to explore the universe. The author was doing the best writing of his life. The characters were fully fleshed out, the story had momentum and direction, and the villain was extremely compelling. Everything was going well. The author even started writing the story itself. The author introduced the hero and began building the world. For several days he wrote, stopping only when his eyes could not stay open one second longer. Then one day, as he sat writing like his life depended on it, the author realized that something was off. The main character's motivation was wrong, so he changed their backstory. Content with how the changes would impact the overall story, the author began writing again. Unfortunately, that progress would not last long. The changes to the narrative began to snowball, and before the author knew it, he had been written into a corner. The love interest no longer worked for the main character, but worked surprisingly well for the villain. The author had tried to write multidimensional characters, so much so that his villain passed sympathetic and was almost more of the hero of the story than his main character. The author had chased narratives for each character that felt like a natural progression, and as a result, all of his characters were on different planets doing unrelated things. There was no way to bring the characters together for the story the author had originally planned. Frustrated with the circumstances, the author gave up on his cosmic epic. In a last-ditch effort to find the inspiration to finish just one story, the author went on a search for inspiration around the study. Childhood memories, favorite books, movies, and real-life experiences covered the four walls. The walk down memory lane ended with the author's favorite superhero movies. As a child, he would don a homemade cape and mask to take down the bad guys in the backyard. When friends would join, they would create their own superhero team. The author would become the Blue Tiger, 
with the powers of a tiger, but could also fly and had laser vision. The author reminisced while looking at a picture of the blue tiger leading a team of superheroes when they were in kindergarten. The author could not help but smile, thinking about the fantastical minds of a child. The author decided that becoming the blue tiger again would be a fun change of pace and make here his writer's block. The author brought the picture to the desk and began writing a superhero origin story. The story borrowed heavily from other superhero origin stories, but the author knew that this would not be published, so that would not matter. A few hours into writing the story, the author was disheartened by the lack of progress. He was simply not feeling inspired to write this story. The author looked at the list of story ideas in his notebook. There were so many ideas worth pursuing, but no clear path forward for any of them. With a frustrated groan, the author ripped the ideas page out of his notebook, crumbled it into a ball, and tossed it towards the overflowing trash can by the door. The author realized that crumbled up balls of ideas had completely filled his small trash can over the last few weeks. Resigned to the fact that none of his work would ever be published, the author stood up from the desk and left the room. He decided to get some fresh air to clear his mind. As he walked out of his front door for the first time in days, he took a deep breath. It was a beautiful sunny day. The light breeze caused the trees and grass to dance before his eyes. However, even the nature scene could not help him feel the joy he had hoped for. The author felt like a failure. None of his ideas were working. He was extremely self-critical and couldn't shake the negative thoughts. He walked through the grass as the knot of anxiety in his chest grew tighter. His head was throbbing as thoughts swirled around his brain faster than they could be processed. He could hear his heart beating in his head as he began gasping for breath. He put his hands on his head to get more air into his lungs, but it did not seem to help. Hyperventilating and beginning to feel panicked, the author ran inside. Several grueling minutes of pacing around the front room helped the author begin to calm down. He retreated into the dark living room and sunk into the couch. Wrapped tight in a blanket, he turned on the television. Show after show flashed in front of his eyes, but they were not processing the images on the screen. He felt numb and was not sure if he was feeling everything all at once or nothing at all. Time ceased to matter. He did not eat and could not sleep. There were times that the author felt like crying, but neither eye would produce a tear. His spiral into darkness continued. Hours passed, or perhaps it was full days that came and went. The author did not know how long it had been since he moved to the couch. Exhaustion was starting to overpower the stress-induced insomnia and hunger. On the verge of passing out, he began to hear a voice coming from his study. The author started to panic, but tried not to move or make a sound. He bit down on his shirt collar, for he dared not breathe too loudly. Had somebody broken into his house? If somebody had, he surely would have seen them, and they would have made a sound before now. The author quietly sat up and looked around the room for something to use as a weapon. The best thing available was an umbrella by the door. The author tiptoed across the room and grabbed it as quietly as possible. There was definitely a person in his study. The author peeked around the corner and saw a man standing over his desk reading his notes. He would have tried to call the police, but his phone was on the desk. The author took a breath, gathered his courage, and planned an attack. He could lunge around the corner with the umbrella above his head and hopefully knock the guy out, or he could make a run for the door and hope the intruder would never catch up. As the author debated the pros and cons of each choice, 
The intruder broke the silence. I know you are behind me. There's no reason to attack me. I mean you no harm. The stranger had a calm, quiet voice. The author did not know what to do. He slowly walked into the study, holding the umbrella above his head like a baseball bat. Who are you, and how did you get into my house? The author demanded. I should be asking you who you are. How did I get here? The stranger asked. The author was confused. This is my house. This is my study. The author noticed the pages in the man's hands. And you are reading my books. The author reached for the pages, but the stranger batted his hand away. Well, you must not know what you are writing about, he said while holding up a piece of paper. You may know my name, but I certainly am no knight. The author grabbed the page from the man's hand and saw that it was a page from his fantasy story. You're Sir Edmund. I thought you looked familiar. Sir Edmund of Arcadia. But how can you be here? You aren't real. Sir Edmund of Arcadia was one of the main characters in the author's fantasy story. He was the son of a poor farmer who lived in the shadow of the palace walls. His triumphant rise from peasant to knight of the kingdom was something the author was proud to have written. Are you mad? Edmund asked. I just told you I am no knight. Why do you keep calling me that? How do you know my name and by what witchcraft did you bring me here? The author looked at his character and realized that he was dressed in peasant clothing. The brilliant adventures that he wrote the character growth and development that was achieved through his quests, all of that had not happened to him yet. At this point in the story, he was in denial of his dreams and ignoring his call to adventure. "'You haven't met with the Queen's governor yet, have you?' the author asked. "'I met with him yesterday,' Edmund said with a puzzled look on his face. "'How did you know that?' The author ignored his questions again. So you know that if you safely deliver a prisoner to the kingdom of Winchester and safely return with the payment of gold, that you will be knighted and your family will get more favorable farmland, right? It's not that simple, Edmund said as he sat down on the chair. The road between the kingdom of Arcadia and the kingdom of Winchester is not safe. It is known as the Sunlight Road because you cannot safely travel on it at night. That is why you'll be armed, the author replied. You received a dagger and a sword from the governor, right? The author had not noticed it before, but Edmund had a long, thin sword on his belt with a glistening silver handle. I must ask again how you know these facts about my life, Edmund asked in response. The prisoner will be able to fight too, the author offered up. It's not that simple, Edmund repeated as he stood up again. His face was very close to the author's now. You love her, don't you? The author said with a smile. What? No. Who are you talking about? Her. Edmund stammered as his face turned red. I know you, Edmund. I know every detail of your life. How else would I know that Bethel was the prisoner? How do you know her name? Edmund asked as he drew his sword. He looked terrified as he backed away slowly. I know you have a difficult decision to make, but you're so smart. You can figure out a way to take care of your family and save Bethel. If you complete the mission, you will be a knight of the kingdom. Hasn't that always been your dream? It's a fool's dream, a child's fantasy, Edmund said as he put his sword back in his belt. I cannot be a knight. Why not? asked the author. The men who become knights are cut from different cloth. I am not as skilled with a sword as Sir Quentin, or as tall as Sir Duncan. I am not as courageous as Sir Hammond or as respected as Sir Durham. 
any real knight would have been a better choice for the task than I. Then why did the governor choose you? The author challenged. You're right. He could have chosen any number of knights, but he chose you. Why? I don't know, Edmund yelled. A look of realization washed over his face. I apologize for raising my voice. I'm just... You're scared, the author said as he sat at his desk. You do have a plan to get everything you want. You do think you're good enough to be a knight. You're just terrified about how you would feel if you failed in your mission. This might be my only chance to become a knight, Edmund said as he sat on the ground against the wall. My family is depending on me. I can get some of the best farmland in Arcadia. We can be rich, and I would be a knight. Edmund's face lit up and then dropped again. But none of that would matter without Bethel. The author felt for him. He grabbed a piece of paper from his drawer and wrote a quick note on it. He stood up and walked over to Edmund and handed him the note. You have all of that and so much more waiting for you. You wanted to be a knight, so you worked for it. You trained, you practiced, you studied, you did all of that work to put yourself in a position to take your shot when it came. Well, here it is. All you have to do is take that leap. Read that note when you feel doubtful or scared, and remember to believe in yourself. It would be less painful to return and farm my parents' land. The work is hard, but at least I know I can do it. But it's not what you want to do, the author said. You can't let fear of failure prevent you from taking the next step towards your dream. If you're going to crash and burn, then make it one heck of an explosion. If you're going to succeed, then fly higher than you ever thought you could. You will never know what you can accomplish until you try. And if you fail, so what? You get back up and you try, try again until you get it right. The author extended his hand and helped Edmund to his feet. Thank you, my friend, Edmund said with a smile. I have always known I had it in me to do this, but I let the fear of potentially failing get in my way. I'm going to be the best knight this kingdom has ever seen. I'm going to get my parents that land. I'm going to free Bethel and make her my wife. Even if I fail at first, I will try again and again because it is what I want more than anything. I'm glad to hear that, the author said with a smile. No more fear of failure holding you back from your dreams? None said Edmund with confidence. That's very good, said the author. Ooh, I have an idea. The author picked up his umbrella from the floor and stood in front of Edmund. Neil Edmund, son of Blair, the author said in a deep, regal-sounding voice. Edmund laughed as he bent his right knee and knelt before the author. I dub thee Edmund the Fearless, the author said as he tapped both of Edmund's shoulders with his umbrella. Rise, Sir Edmund, a knight of the kingdom. As he stood up, the author noticed a swirling golden light began to engulf Sir Edmund. The light grew so bright that he had to shield his eyes. And just as quickly as the light appeared, it vanished, revealing Sir Edmund in his full suit of armor. I must thank you, my friend, Sir Edmund said as he removed his helmet. Without you, I would have remained a captive of my fears. I didn't do anything, the author said. This is always who you were. You just needed a little push. The two shook hands and exchanged smiles. I would very much like to read one of your tales, Sir Edmund said as he walked towards the door of the study. You should be a royal scribe. 
thanks, but I think I'll just be an author instead. Then let us make it so, Sir Edmund said as he quickly drew his sword. Kneel. The author was uncertain of what was happening, but he bent his knee and knelt before the knight. I name thee Sir Arthur, Builder of Worlds. He touched the sword to each shoulder. Rise, my friend, a knight of the kingdom. The author stood up, and the two embraced. They shared a laugh as they walked to the front door. I will miss you, Sir Edmund, the author said while patting him on the back. I'm glad you stopped by. Until we meet again, old friend, Sir Edmund said as the author shut the door behind him. The author thought the whole interaction was strange. Clearly, he must be dreaming, but it was such a cool dream that he didn't want to wake up from it. He walked back to his study and saw the note he wrote for Edmund was on the floor. He picked it up and read what he wanted the knight to see. The note read, Do not fear failure. Become who you are meant to be, the person you already are. The author began to feel tears in his eyes. He realized that he was terrified of being a failure. He wanted nothing more than to be published and share his stories with the world. But what if he couldn't do it? What if he never became a published author? What if he shared his writing with the world and it was unreadable? What if his legacy was one who talked a big game about writing a book but never did? As he began to spiral back into the darkness, he noticed there was something written on the other side. The knight must have left him a note as well. The author wiped tears from his face and read, I am you, and you are me. Sir Edmund is never knighted without your words. Just as I conquered my fear and did not fail, so you too shall conquer yours. The author let out an involuntary laugh. He smiled as he wiped tears from his eyes. He walked back to his desk and with a new fire burning in his chest, said, I won't let you down, Sir Edmund. I won't let me down. I am an author. If I fail, I will get back up and try again and again. Failure won't end me. It will strengthen me. My dreams are achievable. Fear will not drag me down. The author picked up his pen, grabbed a clean sheet of paper, and wrote, No fear of failure could hold him back now. Epilogue The author was startled awake by a sudden knocking on the door. He was still in the study and must have fallen asleep while writing. He had the strangest dream about a character from his book coming to life and visiting him in his house. He tried to ignore it, but the knocking was getting louder and more urgent. Who could possibly be knocking on my door? The author thought to himself. As the pounding on the door continued, the author reluctantly stood up. Hold on, I'm coming. He opened the door and was painfully tackled to the floor. Ow, what the heck? Who? The author realized that the man who tackled him was dressed like an astronaut. The stranger covered the author's mouth with a gloved hand and flipped up his visor. The author saw fear in the man's eyes. Shut up, the man said while he looked out the door behind him. Something might find us. The man's voice was muffled by the helmet, but the author could hear the urgency in his tone. He stood up, quickly walked to the side of the door, and pulled out a gun. Whoa, hey, what's that for? The author demanded as he stood up. He walked over to the door and looked outside. To his horror, he saw nothing. His porch was still there, but beyond it was nothing but the night sky in every direction. Get away from the door, the man yelled as he shoved the author back. The author felt his heart beating out of his chest. He felt like he was going to be sick. He was hyperventilating and began to feel dizzy. As the room began to spin, 
He saw the astronaut fire red lasers from his gun out of the door. The author could not hear anything. Everything was moving in slow motion. Tunnel vision was beginning to set in. The author slowly fell sideways onto the ground. As his head hit the floor, everything went black. To be continued. Thank you, thank you so very much for checking out The Author Part 1. This is a three-part story I have written, so Part 2 will be coming out next Truly Tuesday, November 12th, and Part 3 will be the Tuesday after, November 19th. Uh, Following Part 3, I'm going to be doing a kind of behind-the-scenes episode where I kind of break down my thought processes behind everything and kind of give you a little sneak peek into... Um, what's been going on and kind of peek behind the curtain and all that fun stuff and that's going to be coming out november 26th and then i will do a master cut of parts one through three with the kind of behind the scenes as kind of a bonus little post credits kind of thing and that's going to come out the tuesday after that this project has been very very special to me and i hope all of you are able to connect to the character in at least some way and kind of relate to the character it's a very personal project for me and i hope all of you are enjoying it as much as i have enjoyed recording it you all are the best Uh, for the love of story podcast has social media now i am at for the love of story with the number four on twitter and instagram and i also have a facebook so Uh, Check me out on there. I'm going to be posting all of my episodes on there as well as links to anything I do and updating the stories on there as I record. Um, So yeah, please share this with your friends if you think they would like it and get excited for the author part two next Truly Tuesday. You all are the best. As always, this has been yours truly, Tuli. Tuli.